to enter the elf tree. Hi there, world. Hi there, everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. <laughs> and we... <laughs> we want to <laughs> apologize for breezing past our yeah. episode 52 and not... We kind of want to backtrack just a little yeah. bit, you know, in the in the whole realm of the show. <coughs> um, Joe and I realized just a little bit ago, actually, that we breezed right through episode 52. We kind of breezed past our year um, without really... Without really analyzing what it is we've done, like the things yeah. we've accomplished in the year that that High Dare and Elf uh, through a movie goes and Earth yeah. Radio, basically that Elf Tree Podcast Network has actually been a thing. Um, a year, dude. I mean, do you what? What did you picture when you pictured us a year on from that? Um, you know, I'll be honest, dude. It's it was completely different because you and I were just like recording ourselves in these casual get to know you conversations yeah. at the very beginning and most of my podcast mind was spent building those pilot i think this time last year episodes of millie mccormick and then yeah. oh we did that uh halloween special last year yeah yeah and so that was kind of the headspace i was in it was it was a very active show at the time it wasn't live but it was one that was was con- constantly in your not in your mind not constantly <laughs> i heard you say- Constantly, <laughs> constantly, yeah. Uh, well, it was it was just something that was so t- consumed, like time consuming, um, for, but for good reason. You had for you, good, re- you, yeah, you yeah. Got a lot of really good production value that takes time. Well, I mean, we were able to develop that pilot that is now going to be the basis of how that show even comes to light, yeah, but, yeah. down the road. But since then, dude, we kind of went down this road of, yeah. Building and maintaining three movie goes. Yeah, Earthship Radio when it was casually convenient, um, we kind of knocked a bunch of those out. Um, but Hi Dare, yeah, we. I mean, dude, how do you feel our show is now versus then? Um, better prepared. We're a lot more comfortable. This is this is like uh, that pair of shoes that you're kind of like, oh man, yeah, those are. Those are good worn in shoes. Those are yeah. those are, you know, the comfy shoes. Um, <laughs> not like the not like the lounge shoes, not the shoes that, you know, you don't wear. You've got those Dr. Scholl's work anymore, you know. Jelly are you gelling? Soles um, in there? Yeah, I mean I think that I think the shows the shows have evolved into uh, a, a great method of conversation between the two of us that we can kind of explore we can explore topics that we we want to share with people. Yeah. What and, are do yeah. you have like a favorite? Do you have a favorite episode from the whole year? Like, there's one episode that sticks out to you. Um, from doing it, it was probably one of the Oculus Rift episodes. Yeah, um, dude. the one, the one before we went to try it out, where mm-hmm. we were just kind of uh, talking about what it could possibly be. Yeah, um, I, I remember that being a really good episode that I was I was psyched for. Yeah. in the moment. That was, that was uh, unforgettable. And let's play a clip. What about, what about <laughs> Just, you? What was yours? Um, uh, dude, we've done so many. I one of the you're th- gonna mention like Mom Jean's Big Nightmare. Or uh, some, some it always the, sticks out to me. Like single digit shows. Well, that that one sticks out to me because I was 
it came together and it involved like me going to Phoenix right. and like this whole trip, like where I was by myself, met up with my sister who, you know, we haven't hung out in forever like that. Yeah. And I don't know, it, it just kind of stuck out. But when it comes to like you and like, but that involved that. Yeah. So that sticks out to me in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to like you and me, yeah, dude, STS, I think probably sticks out where we were just STS running around this little, uh, Museum, yeah, with the travel mic and well, I mean, it was an early episode <laughs> talking I mean. about space toilets. But so was so was the Oculus Rift. I mean, the Oculus Rift, I want to say, might have been early twenties. I can't exactly remember what what episode number it is uh, off the I'll off find the top it. of my head. Let's find it real quick. Episode thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Oh wow! So it was a lot closer than I seem to remember. April twenty-second. It was when it went live. All right. So six six months ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, that that seems about the the, the appropriate distance from. And it was uh, it was Michael. Ben. Ben. Fuck. But it wasn't even that episode. That was that was the 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 follow up that we were gonna. Yeah. That we did. That sticks out to me as well. Mm. That whole experience. This may be boring our listeners right now because they're like, I have no idea. I haven't listened to that show. But yeah. I wonder. I do wonder how many people have listened to every show. So a year, we essentially. I don't know. It's crazy to see where. Well, we've gone from we've gone from a very impromptu, unintended co-show to three shows that we do on somewhat of a fairly regular basis. Yeah, and uh, over a hundred hours of content between them in a year, and we're putting together this short film with Martin. Um, man, sorry, my energy level is just tanked. Oh, it's all right. Um, I mean, I'm. Listen I don't feel. You. I don't Listen feel any sort of. It's all right. I don't feel so any sort of uh, of excitement towards what I'm saying in oh, the slightest. Dude, I I do that often. I yeah. literally start talking about something. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking Joe. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it's uh, sometimes it's uh, it's the delivery. It's it's like let's start. We're over. fucking. <laughs> I just I, that's how I feel like I, I that's how I feel at this moment we can leave all of this in for all I care I'm just saying um, that like I feel like I feel like we owe we owe us uh, we've done this a couple of times recently too haven't we well we kind of like we get on a we contrive a beginning we're on like uh, a war path of things we want to mention and talk about but yeah then it's like, and I don't oh, want to yeah yeah um I do the same thing so don't feel like yeah you're the only like you're. Don't be mad at yourself. Don't be mad. At me. I mean, I'm it's just ma- literally. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to keep it from having to be eight minutes that we completely <laughs> cut from our <laughs> but show. But that's what I love about this shit. Is I I do feel like, you know, I was telling you out there in the kitchen. I yeah. fucking went through a spell where I was frustrated with myself and my own prep- preparedness on certain things that I've been looking into, researching, yeah. and I get frustrated and don't know how to necessarily talk about it. But I do feel like. This kind of show, and we can edit out what we want, but I do feel like this is a good platform for us to work through those things to yeah. get us back into a normal, balanced conversation, which is essentially what we were trying to have. But sometimes we try to prepare shit and talk about it, yeah, and it just is not natural to what we want to necessarily do in the moment. If I, that makes any sense. You know what? In the year that we've been working together, I've noticed that there have been more frequently times that you and I will not say things that are that concern us. And it always ends up being the the 
the the seed of any headbutting that goes on. It's always that thing yeah. that I didn't say because I was like, no, that's gonna make me look like a weak asshole. It's gonna, you know, blah blah blah. I'm just gonna suck it up and deal with it, or or you know, it's it's uh, it's all those things. And so it's 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 interesting. It's interesting to be to be in the process of of evolving in how I understand you and how you work and Martin and how he works yeah. and me and how I work with the two of you. Like it's all so new. Every show. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be satisfied with every show. Right. I, it's, it's impossible to do so, especially in the moment. Like if I'm criticizing the way that our show has begun, um, it's a moment, <laughs> it's a moment in history that I'll decide whether it, it sees the light of day or not, but it does, yeah. it's not something that we should hide or pretend didn't happen. No, I mean, I think that's part of our natural, you know, I think that's part of the natural, um, flow of just putting on a podcast. Cause, cause we're literally forcing ourselves with headphones on to sit and talk to each other about the shit that is entertaining to us. And we're building shit together and yeah. we're, we're constantly working side by side on stuff outside of this podcast. We so went from zero to 60, I mean, we did kind of thrust ourselves into, we don't know a whole lot about each other or how each other works right into, Hey, let's build this venture that we have these grand ideas, most of which come out of your head. And then I get to figure out how we're going to actually make it happen. And it's just like, Holy shit. We launched into something that we're very lucky that we fell into a, an easy sink when we were putting it all together. But now that we're trying to grow and expand and, and do some different things with it, we're coming out with some of what I think are our real, not real, but um, genuine uh, practiced ways of working. Yeah. And not that they're bad. They're just different than the, oh, my God, we hit this moment of gold and we're going to get on a roll and we did it. And then it's like, oh, this is really what Joe needs in order to be the best at what he's doing. And this is what really what Martin. As you needs. hand me like a tray and of joints, is that what you're whatever, saying? Whatever, whatever it happens to be, <laughs> you know, handing you a day in advance uh, to yeah. to take notes and and formulate your thoughts if need be. Like we just we did things we did things by the scruff of our neck because that's what the way that they needed to be done at the beginning. And it was right. lucky. We were lucky that it was successful. Now there's a lot more effort and a lot more things that need to go into evolving and making it more than what it was, more than what it started out as, because that's, that's where we want to take it. And it, it's, it's just, I'll say the past couple of months, two and a half, three months have been the most taxing on me in terms of what it is that we're doing Yeah, because of the fact that we've expressed a desire to evolve. And I, I yeah. hope that I hope that the shows have positively been impacted, you know, since yeah. we made that conscious choice. I feel like they have. Um, and I, I feel like it's ultimately going to make us better people and better partners in what we're doing and um, and all that, because, I mean, like even today. Even today, there was a little bit of tension before we even sat down and rolled because there we were had things. to arm wrestle. Well, we did a little bit because it's like we we we've got this topic that we're we're interested in. It's kind of sparked our interest the past couple of weeks, um, but it wasn't something we we weren't exactly on the same page as to how to to kind of talk. Well, like about it, it was a heavy heavy ass topic. Like it's like we don't t we like we did that show on Dupont and all this stuff. Like some yeah. of these. Some of these topics are really heavy for people who aren't necessarily looking into that. So there's a part of me that really wants to be sensitive to it, but at the same time, be prepared to walk someone through that kind of thing. Right. Because I'm still trying to figure out how to walk myself through and understand 
other people's research on how they perceive reality and what they see yeah. as um, actually happening in the, the universe. And well, people, you know, people claim some crazy shit, which is essentially what I'm still trying to always wrap my brain around is, yeah. is this person lying to me? Right. Are they telling me the truth? Because um, I don't want to share something with somebody when I'm going to feel bad where maybe a week later I'm like, oh, this, I see that I heard this other interview with the guy and he's just saying some really shit, like shit that's causing me to feel like maybe he's not real. Like he's just making it up to sell some books or sell something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm always trying to be careful with that, but sure. Well, I but think you're right. Part yeah. of, I think part of the genuine nature of our show is the fact that, you know, you feel what you feel in the moment that we do the show. And then if you find other, other information, um, in the near or distant future, it's going to, it's going to color how you view things anyways. Your your mindset on the show is a is a documentation of how you feel in this moment. It's True, not yeah. a it's not a you're not carving a, a golden idol that is the ideal Joe Morales. Right. You know, I, but in a sense, you are because the ideal Joe Morales is somebody who's taken in as much information as possible and made all of it a a functioning piece of your your mentality and your your personality and all those kinds of things so i mean you are and you're allowed to to go on the ups and downs about things and know it know something one day and not know it the next day well, i'm i i think it's definitely one of those things i mean i feel like that's what everybody's trying to do in their life i mean i feel like it's a natural thing it doesn't matter who you were yesterday or the day before that or the 20 years before that we are constantly evolving and uh, like attaching new ways to think. Like there's so many sure. things that are going on quickly because of the internet that people normally would not have done if it was without the internet. Like it exposes so many different elements of life that right. we would have never understood correctly if people from China weren't able to just shoot us information or someone from Japan didn't make this documentary and shoot it through the internet, you know? So I mean, it's a it's a, a massive spring forward in information, yeah. the internet. And you have to be careful, I get that, but at the same time, that's my favorite thing about our podcasting and kind of hitting 52 and then continuing on forward is despite, you know, some of the same things we talk about, you know, if we, if we hit the same topic sometimes because we're still looking into things and you have to sometimes remind yourself, yeah, do I still believe this? Um, yeah. Yes. I think a, a very valid and honest way to do that, but it is a very vulnerable and personal thing to do. But the, a way to do that, that's intriguing and interesting for, us as the host of the show and for the listeners. These are like therapy tapes. Well, it, it, this particular episode, it's, it's you know, um, it's okay. It's okay to, to ask those questions on this kind of a show yeah. because I bet you if, I mean, there's information that you've learned in the past couple of weeks that you didn't know this time a year ago. So the fact that we didn't necessarily talk about it doesn't mean that you didn't think differently about what the space program was a year ago. Right. You know, I mean, it's well, there's stuff about it. I didn't even know about like, exactly, exactly. All new information that you come across, whether it's that somebody was lying to you or that somebody was telling the truth, it informs how you take all the information that you've learned previously and will continue to learn. 
Yeah. So it's it's all a very valid part of who you are and the conversations that we have and the shows that we promote out there. I I just, you know, that was part of what it was. We didn't necessarily voice those thoughts um, in the most effective way. Yeah. Initially, it took us a minute of, of chilling and doing our thing. I didn't ever think that you 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 wanted to be that prepared, um, but I didn't ever consider that we were going to be talking about such heavy topics with any sort of consistency because those are kinds of things that have started to become more and more of the the uh, normal topics that we find intriguing. Well, I mean, if, if you and I were sports stars, that's the shit we would be talking about. Right. most. Well, not... The whole time, but it would definitely be a part of what we're our world, you know. And I think that's, I, I think what it is that you do kind of leaks into the conversations we have, which is, um, yeah, it's just weird. Like, you know, you went and saw Hocus Pocus, and we could talk about Hocus Pocus for an yeah. hour, but no, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is interesting because there are things that are deep and heavier than a movie Hocus, you know, Hocus Pocus going mm. to. So it's interesting how those things interject And yet a themselves. movie like Hocus Pocus could have some very deep topics of conversation yeah. being spawned by it. I mean, witch, witch trials and, and yes. spells and all that kind of stuff. The I mean, Salem witch trials. Exactly. Those kinds of things have actually happened and, and have some valid, mm-hmm. valid history to them. They're just being spun for most people into, you know this holiday, you know, Halloween and all that kind of stuff yeah. is just a, it's a, it's a consumerist holiday at this point. Oh, completely. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a good way to make money. And it is. That's a why if you go for a limited time now, you can check out to, our, to what used to be a circuit <laughs> city. You can find a pop-up Halloween costume store and we've got everything. <laughs> Anything you think of. We've got Dracula, we've got Frankenstein. They all used to be like old circuit cities. Yeah. Like that's all you ever see is there's a, Oh shit! It's one of those like it's now pop world's up largest Halloween store, uh, Halloween store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, for two months out of the year, you can get uh, you can get that fake cobweb for a dollar ninety nine, which we're gonna need actually. <laughs> we're gonna need some of that to to make this this short film. Oh yes, uh, guys, we have a first draft of our script. It's it's exciting. Martin wrote a first draft of the script um, for Tulpa, yep. and we're. I mean, we got a Kickstarter ready to. Oh well, almost ready to go. Yeah, we're building those parts. We threw, we threw, we threw together a campaign. We're putting. <laughs> although we did more than throw it together, it's been a lot. I mean, that's that's part of what our our stress over the past couple of weeks has also been is we've been, you know, kind of coming up with these ideas. Well, we, I mean, we we sought out with, you know, Elf Tree Media as the very catalyst to make the things we want to make, and so we've started committing. To doing what we're we're shooting to do, so we're investing our money into this. Yeah. So it's starting to get a little nerve wracking because, you know, we're seeing all of these elements coming together quickly. And I know people told me like, "LA's too too fast paced" and blah blah blah. But essentially, there is some energy out here that does exist where you and I are like in sync with. We got to make this thing. We've got to do this. Then we're gonna have to do this. And Martin jumped on board. He turned that script around so fast. He dude. did. He did. Um. Well done. Yeah. Uh, applause. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should have him on soon. We should. That'd yeah. be cool. Um not that not that our audience isn't familiier with Martin Eden. Yeah. He's got the best laugh on the movie goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Elf Tree Media is what spawned out of a year of, of doing the podcast network. Yeah. So I mean there there's there's a lot of benefit from the stuff that we've done over the year. Uh, and I look forward, when are we, like this week is when we're launching our Kickstarter campaign, right? Yeah, that's what we're shooting for. Oh my we got to raise this money. 
so if you're interested, if you're interested in in donating to our show, check us out. Um, uh, enter the elftree.com. I'm sure we'll have something up there yeah. by that point. But you know, as soon as we launch, we'll we'll make it well known. The campaign everybody. is essentially it's the the whole design behind it is we are f- trying to fund. Because we want to make this, we want to make this freaking short. Well, film. we're raising the money to make this short film first and and foremost. But it's mm-hmm. not just a short film. It's 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 kind of the future. It's it's more than that. Yeah, it's it's funding this as a as a fun catalyst. I, I said catalyst earlier, but it is. It's almost like this. Here's the little nugget that we want to make um, to show you what we're going to be making. What like we're the kinds of, of things that we're capable. Yeah. Of. We're not. You know, this is one horror script, but we have plans for other films as well. You've got scripts that you've written. Well, I mean, <coughs> yes, years ago, they they might need some some little massaging. Well, you know what? I don't know. I haven't read them in in a while. I should I should go back and check some the of the killer out. toys from outer space would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I, that one I'm, I'd be really excited about. Um, Mirando. Yeah, that's the the short film that Martin wanted to do. Um, kind of involving this artist who goes through a. a well, uh, a, a naked phase. Naked we'll just, we'll painting just leave phase. it there. We'll leave it there. Um, but that, yeah, that one would be good. That one would be like really artsy. Not artsy. It would be kind of. Um, it's a beautiful story. It's I think. A, it's definitely a drama. It's it's kind of a a, a performance driven drama mm-hmm. rather than the horror film, which is kind of, um, you know, we're trying to get a, a, across an emotional, creepy, yeah, you know, vibe more, <laughs> more so than tell a beautiful story, right? Like Miranda, you know, yeah. So. But it's it's definitely it's the Kickstarter of our entire company and yeah. and I think the underlying thing of why we're doing this um, is just because we want to build with people like we want to build with a community of people that like what we're doing and enjoy our podcast and just like us for who we are as people that want to know you like be friends with us and won't you be our won't neighbors? you be our neighbor? Um, but no, I want to build with with those people. I want to, you know, people funded the way it goes. And I mean, essentially, I paid out of my own pocket for it. But people paid me back. So essentially, they, they paid pay because it. they wanted that. Pro- yeah, people supported music to but that degree. But, I was just blown away. Thing. Like any product, Mattel does not come out with new toys because they raised the money to make those new toys first. They pay for... You know, whatever the very first Mattel toy was or whatever the very first, you know, app, the Apple one, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak paid for that using whatever money they were able to to put together, probably based on their jobs. Yeah. You know, people's first films. I, I think that there's a big benefit. I've done it once before and we're doing it again. A big benefit towards being willing to it sink your own money into your own project so much that you plan to do it when it's the time to do it, right. not just because you have the money or you've raised the money. I right. think that's a, a big show and a big sign of, of good faith um, on our part because we are going to make this now anyways. We just we really would like to have the team together yeah. um, and and the support because, I mean, essentially it's, it's the cheerleading squad. If everybody's emotionally and, and financially invested in what it is that we're doing it's a much bigger responsibility that we get to live up to yeah and and make a movie that's just gonna knock everyone's socks off yeah and we right now we've got uh we've got some people on board with us so it's fun to like as far as crew goes yeah, yeah. absolutely so this thing is 
coming together quickly. I did it not is. realize. How well, quickly. but it, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to put together something like that. I mean, yeah. people think, and and the industry will dictate that, yes, it does take a lot to put together a yes. big-ass movie like In the Heart of the Sea or uh, Star Wars. Let's go with the obvious Jumanji. one there. Jumanji. Um, but to put together a short film that has one actress um, is set essentially in one location, and the story's already written... You know, all it's going to take is a very minimal number of people, very minimal amount of time and and stuff that we all can very easily do, especially as a team of three yeah. or with Shelby involved, a team of four people. Yeah, there's no excuse and there's no reason that we can't do this and do it in the time frame that we've put together. Right. It doesn't take much, much to put it together, much more than setting up a camera and lights and, and an actor. You just. You do it with people who have dedicated their lives to professionally putting together cameras and setting up cameras, right. professionally acting in front of a thing, professionally directing and produ- you know writing, the, which means kind of stuff. you so. gotta uh, pay people what they're worth. Ultimately, <laughs> it means that uh, we are we people are, are doing that as a career. It's a PBS you, teledrive that we've got going on right now. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is it's this is people's careers. So and it's our career. This is what we're Absolutely. starting. Is, is um, our our next chapter in the careers that we've we've embarked on years ago but it's a crazy journey this is the present step but i mean for real the way it goes led me back to dallas leaving touring being able to fund my following awake or sleeping albums paying people um being able to just survive yeah you know these i see what one investment can do and it was Massive, and that's what I think this film and everything that we're going to be making from Elf Tree Media is yeah. going to be. It's going yeah. to be the next level to, I think, our capabilities, and then just working with new people and building from here forward. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, I'm blabbering, but the only way to go is up. I mean, and and crowdfunding is a great way for us to do that. So if you if you if you love horror movies, yeah, and you love us for the podcast network and other things that we're going to make, yeah. If you're Jump listening to this, if you're listening to this in October, November, December, uh, 2015, uh, check on Kickstarter. If if our Kickstarter is still going, um, we don't ex- again. We haven't launched yet, so we don't exactly know our our final dates yet. But October, yeah. November for sure. If you're listening in that, uh, go check us out and 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 donate. Help us help us make Tulpa. Help us build Elf Tree Media and help us um, be able to to stop asking you for money. Yeah. <laughs> just just give it to us. No, no. You know you want but to. You can go to also enter the com and click feed the tree. And that can also be like um if you want to That's gonna lead us drop a like dollar. You, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I think we covered it all. Yeah. Cool. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Deep thoughts. Do you find yourself dozing off at work? Do you find yourself getting lost in an abyss? Of your own thoughts. Well, let me tell you something. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. Oh, hey, baby, that's badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, tune into my show, The Melly McCormick Listening Hour. Only on the Elf Tree Podcast Network. So, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I was uh, sitting and there was a yesterday I was reading a book at coffee house mm-hmm. and there was like a group of people sitting there talking about sports, getting pissed at each other about it. Sports. Yeah. Oh, and I was sitting there thinking like, 
what are they doing right now? What are they talking about? They were just talking about their like these teams. I guess they're doing um, fantasy sports or whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Where they, everyone just yeah, p- picks I, their fake team. Yeah. Um, but they were getting mad at each other. And I was just thinking, it's so strange how people emotionally connect themselves to sports. Like I used to do that um, a lot. And I'm not like, I'm not going into, you shouldn't watch sports or you should, because these fucking people that play these sports are badasses, dude. They're, yeah. they're yeah. a sight to behold, you know, to see these people freaking. Yeah, but I mean, come on. You've seen one running back. You've seen them all. <laughs> I mean, seriously, in my, in my opinion, that's how much I care about sports. Well, you know, the only reason I ever get interested in sports is if there's some hype built around some team and I'm yeah. like, all right, I'll go watch a game. And then that's about all I do. Yeah. Which is usually why I try like and the only finals watch the game Super Bowl. or. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, like the that's, big one. I could care less about the other 16 games in the season. Well, I was just thinking about it. I was like, man. But hey, at least I know that there are 16 games in a regular season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know why I do this, but I literally, as I was listening, I was like, man, these teams are owned by these rich ass dudes who yeah. just own them yeah. and make so much money off of people fighting over whose team is better than what when ultimately all those dudes that own the teams have them as a financial commodity. Right. They're just dollar signs. They're just dollar signs. And it just fascinated me thinking, whoa, people dedicate their emotion to somebody's created thing. I mean, that's, that's literally the design of the game of Monopoly. How much money and asset yeah. can you acquire in your time on the board? Oh, man. And there's a it's space trippy. in there that's about going to jail. We, <laughs> I mean, you're never going to go to a third world country where they've actually got the, the, the threat of jail around every corner and watch them play a board game in which there's a space on the board that tells them to go to jail. I don't even... Yeah. That wasn't my joke. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> I got to give that to Trevor Noah. But it, it, he made a very good point on The Daily Show. It's like, why? Why on earth are we playing these games in which you are you are encouraged to manipulate and cheat people out of money and property on a board game like Monopoly? That's yeah. exactly what... Um, that's exactly what these these corporations do that's exactly what you know the massive team owners do i mean jerry jones i'm sure (coughs) could care less about the 50 guys or however many guys are on the dallas cowboys team all he cares about is their stats and their dollar signs that he'll get at the end of each sunday you know well i mean i feel the only track record we have well (laughs) i mean yeah because you're not saying that he doesn't care about the guys physically when he's like hanging out with them he probably does care about them on a personal he doesn't like, think about quick how, little passerby level like, yeah he's not thinking about how demarcus <laughs> wears you know marriage is going he hasn't All forgotten he is, is he is he good to go on sunday he let's just say he hasn't forgotten that everyone in his locker room he pays their salary yeah like so. every step that they take he could literally count how many thousands of dollars each step costs him and therefore, they owe in in some sort of talent, I guess. Yeah, I was just thinking how strange it is, like to see how it just captivates so many people. It's it's not normal to not watch sports, almost, if you think about it. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, I. Although, I mean, I I seem to have run into people that are less judgy of it. You know, yeah, yeah you're right. It's not the norm to not watch sports, especially college sports, around some people. Yeah. 
but I don't seem to feel as if I I'm like, oh man, this guy's fucking weird. He doesn't watch sports and stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah. That's what you're taught when you're a kid. Like if you don't fit in, people are gonna constantly be pointing it out and yeah. laughing at you. And I've not really experienced that as an adult. Like I feel like adults yeah. are adults a yeah. lot of times, but there are a lot of adults that are just children too. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty bad. I've I've been lucky to be around people that no matter what it is that I've done or wanted to do or been interested in or not interested in yeah. i've never felt as if i should be interested in that thing yeah it's just, you know it's just interesting like to think how you know these people that play these sports are amazing people like they're amazing athletes and well they work they're, their entire machine their body to yeah. perform that one task which is fascinating to think about but it's also weird to think, wow, that's like just their job. That's their job. Well, they spend most of the time in their job practicing mm-hmm. and maintaining and working out and all those kinds of and things. And hanging with the ladies at the club. Well, just kidding. I don't know what that sports stars do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of them do. But in terms of like their nine to five is mm-hmm. going to practice. Yeah. Going to mandatory workouts, doing press conferences, all those kinds of things. I doing mean, icy are- hot commercials. Well, doing icy hot commercials is, is, I guess it is still part of their job, but it's it's extracurricular part of their job. Yeah, like they wouldn't be doing the icy hot commercial if they weren't a me- mega sports star. Do you think it'd be hard to be a newsroom anchor? In what way? Like a sports anchor? What do you mean hard? Like somebody who sat in a studio and had to read a teleprompter. I know what you mean, but what you asked, do you think it would be hard? And I'm asking, what do you mean? How do you performing? I mean, like having like, to having to put on the face, the like, makeup. Welcome to ESPN. I'm Ian yeah, McNinney, yeah, yeah. and today's top sports. No, I don't think it would be hard. Bum, bum, I literally bum, bum, think I would literally think you have to train yourself in presentation of a, a teleprompter. Yeah. Like that, that would be the basis of where I would start in in training for that. And I mean, I shouldn't say that it's not hard because I've never done it, but. No, I would not be intimidated to go and exert myself in that kind of a job because yeah. I thought it would be too hard for me to master. Yeah. I nice. think good I could answer. easily good, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And good I think around. you could easily get it too. It's all, it's They'd all. They make in, me cut my hair, Ian. It's. They wouldn't let us, it, a guy doing sports have long hair. I don't know, hair. man. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's not true. I bet you they would. Nancy I mean, look, at, look at the guys playing the sports. Yeah, well, you that's know, true. Get, they all have you get long mega hair. Mega playoff beard guys, and and all you know. I mean, yes, there's no way. There's remember, no way uh, they would not let you do that job with with long hair. Dude, remember how badass it was when Dennis Rodman was in the NBA? I remember how how big of a deal it was that the Dallas Mavericks got Dennis Rodman, and then we had him for like three months, and that's it. Oh, they yeah. traded him because he was, as far as I remember, he was being a, just a nightmare. He was unruly. To Mark Cuban, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty bad. Probably because he wanted to wear a dress, and Mark was and, like, you can't wear that. Not, well, not, not, in my house. not on the not on the, <laughs> on the the court. But now Dennis Rodman's just going over to North Korea a lot. Yeah. I don't think he's doing that anymore. I think he kind of denounced his friendship for some stupid reason. I don't even know what's going on with that, but I remember he was defending going over there because uh, Kim was basically just a fan of basketball. Right. So he went over there and essentially just... I mean, that's why it was in the interview. Yeah. Is his obsession with basketball. Exactly. Yeah. But it is interesting to think, like, you don't really know what some of these people have done. Like, we're told what he's done to his people, and it's horrible to think about that. Right. But at the same time, it's like, did he actually do that? 
like how does all these how does all of this work you know why why do they get to be this one secluded nation that they've just no, chosen to be you know why why should they be and demonized Cuba. because they have chosen to be such a secluded nation yeah. i mean i don't know i don't know man i mean out of any country any lies that come out of any country you would think have to be laced with certain elements of the truth definitely you I mean, know so i mean it's not like he's over there and he's completely mis misjudged and misrepresented by right. the world i mean he's probably not treating his his people all that well but Who's to say that everything that we're told he's doing are exactly kind of the the realities of what's going on? Yeah, we don't know. That's I mean that's uh, I mean we were saying something about it a little bit earlier, but that was one of the things that got me interested in this article about EXO. It's like about um, secret space program and yeah. how potentially that affects how now countries that's operate. Heavy. That's some that's some some deeper kind of topic stuff. It is the secret space program. I mean, that, for, I mean, because even for me, I've heard I've heard little bits and pieces of it, um, and it's just like, man, that's that's out there. There's, yeah, there's it's some far out shit in the in that kind of a realm. It is. It's, uh, but it fascinates me to like think about how, you know, when we were talking about Catherine Austin Fitz and how she basically chased the money to find out where money was missing. Right. Um, oh, and, right. And, That's who she is. And figured out that, you know, 2.3 trillion went just poof. Trillion. Gone. And so where did that money go? And so that's kind of, you know, people are organizing and starting to share their information yeah. and whistleblow. And it's interesting how potentially, yeah, if there are these secret government-run organizations yeah. that are just operating everything that we see, I mean, it would make sense. Like, w what is Kim Jong doing over there, and what are we getting here through the media that is very well controlled? Like, what kinds of things are truthful about anything that we're actually receiving? And that's why I'm always curious about following stories where $2.3 trillion has gone missing. Well, yeah. yeah. Where did that money go? Like yeah. that's yeah. a big deal. You can do a lot with $2.3 trillion. Yeah. So how is that going to affect my world? You know, well, I was, I, I won't read it, but I also ran across an article talking about all this money that goes missing because of clerical errors where people are just mistakenly declared dead by their social security. Oh, number. wow. Like yeah. somebody accidentally types in the wrong social security number on a death certificate. And suddenly I am declared dead because it's the number that they go off of. And it just... Dude, would you just get a backpack and take massive off? Massive nightmare. If what you got a letter in the mail that declared you dead, would you be like, well... I mean, sure. At that I guess point, I couldn't get any of my money out. <laughs> I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get anything like that. So, yeah, maybe. But what if that means you become immortal? I, I mean... Uh, you're now immortal because you're alive, but you're declared dead. So you are immortal. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I suppose. I suppose I would be immortal. You know what? I'd be curious. I'd be curious to look up if Elvis and Tupac and all their social security numbers are, are still active. There are no glitches no, I mean, in the Matrix. Be. No, somebody as high profile as that, you can't imagine that they've accidentally forgot to dis No, I mean, they, they usually have to have some sort of death certificate and post it somewhere. But I don't know. I mean, who knows if it's a fake social, you know? You never know. Um. You reeled me in. It's okay. Yeah, but I, I accidentally all stomped in, on Ian. what you were talking about. Oh, no, I wasn't really going any further other than just saying I think it's interesting to, 
you know, see what is being, what is a fact in our, in, in all around all the news is money goes missing. So who's to say like the way the world that we are watching operate and what we're told through the media, that that's actually the truth of what's actually happening where we're finding out now everything is just being managed, micromanaged down to poorly. And poorly, and you know, people believe there's there is exo governments that government that exists that is. I mean, the TPP that we've been talking about, right? Um, all of this stuff, dude. It's just starting to come out of the floodgates, and people are reading it and trying to decipher what it means and how is this going to affect everybody and what does that mean to peace? Yeah, you were mentioning to- you were mentioning that there are a certain number of people that go missing every year. Yeah, it's like over a million people. Yeah, just like on the earth, suddenly just up and disappear. And and I, I don't necessarily know where those numbers come from, um, but how is that even? How is that acceptable? It starts off talking about Judy Rivers. She's in August of 2010. Communication specialist Judy Rivers went to her local bank to open a new account. As the clerk inputs Rivers' personal information, everything seemed to be going smoothly. But then the woman behind the desk stopped abruptly and frowned. Oh no. <clears throat> um, You're dead. (laughs) Well, ma'am, the woman proclaimed brandishing a folded paper. Your social security number was deactivated in 2008 due to death. So, but this can literally just happen. If somebody accidentally typed your social security number onto somebody else's death certificate form, one number off, then everything, your number gets put on a list and that list gets distributed to every financial institution, every credit bureau, everything that has to do with your social security number That's and they wipe you from the system. That's it's, weird to think that there's someone who has the power to shoot off that kind of information and just wipe you like that. But it's weird. It's true. It's it's claimed to be clerical errors, but it could just as easily be an intentional yeah. quote unquote clerical error. Wow. Um, so if it was you've been declared dead since 2008, how many years was it when she went in there? This was August 2010. So she might not necessarily have done anything where her social security number was incredibly necessary. I mean, yes, I guess she would have been filing her taxes, but... Well, how would her banking and stuff stay open? I, I, again, I don't know. I, oh. You know, she, she was going in to open a new account. So her banking, I mean, it doesn't necessarily go on her social security card or number yeah. or anything like that, but... If your social gets pinged, that's when those flags are going to pop up. So the bank yeah. may not have any reason to just shut down your account if there's no weird or, or odd activity. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's maybe it's just information that's out there until it gets called up, and then suddenly it's like boom! All of a sudden, everything is is you know ringing fire about fire alarms. Ah, uh, interesting. What you if know. they were trying to close their account? <laughs> What do you mean? What if the person that was at the in this article yeah. go into the bank? They yeah. were trying to close their account, and then the bank was like, no, you're dead. We're keeping your money. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happens. They freeze all of your assets. They freeze your assets. Your your credit gets gets flagged out the ass. You can't get a job. You can't get an apartment. You can't get a cell phone. I mean, that's this is oh. all the kind of stuff that's that's they're talking about in this in this article. Um in 2011, here's another paragraph. In 2011, the Office of the Inspector General con- conducted an audit of the death master file. Now, that's the file that every year or however often it gets released, the Social Security numbers of people who have died um, are on, and they're kind of 
listed as inactive and people are have access to this list in case you know somebody with a deactive uh a deactivated social security number tries to uh open a new account gotcha, or get yeah. a new line of credit or buy a, a house or something like that which happens a lot um from they found that from may 20 2007 jesus i'm gonna try that again <laughs> they found that from may 2007 to april 2012 36,657 living people had been prematurely added to this list, nulling them legally dead. Wow. 37,000 people almost, all having to go through this exact same process. And, I mean, you have to then genocide. prove to everybody. <laughs> I mean, even getting pulled over could land you in jail because technically you're dead. Technically, your your license is going to come up as invalid. You got to take in a corpse if you dead. see a corpse walking around. I mean, that's just kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I wouldn't. This article was not incredibly helpful when it came to what you do if that happens to you. So much as it's just talking about the the numbers and facts yeah. of of. It, there's also a there's a an infographic here that has false false deaths per 100,000 population of the states uh, of the the U.S. Wow. Texas has six to seven wrong deaths reported per 100,000 people that get reported dead. Wow. Per 100,000. I mean, that's a lot. California has eight It's quite 10. the glitch. It's, it's, well, it's not necessarily a glitch. It's, a, it's human error. Mm-hmm. It's clerical error. You can't account for that. Um, it's, it's going to happen. The, the shameful part is the fact that the government and the social security administration don't stand up and take responsibility for the mistake, especially when it financially hardens other people's lives. Yeah. In March, 2015, seven years after being declared dead via a keystroke error by the social security administration, Judy Rivers stood before the Senate committee on Homeland security and governmental affairs and related her story. I could never have imagined I would reach the point of hopelessness, homelessness, loss of reputation and credibility, unable to obtain a job, an apartment, a student loan, or even a cell phone. Suspected as an identity thief by nearly every apartment manager or human resource director I encountered, they came a way of life. Each time I got into my car, I was panic-stricken by that the police would stop me and I'd have to try and prove my identity. Oh. I mean, how can, you, how can you prove your identity? I, I, you can't I, when you're just a number, Ian. I mean, that's the thing. I just, I don't understand how. Uh, I mean, I would have to prove that I have, you know, digital footprints from whenever it was accidentally reported dead till now. I mean, that's the same thing I went through when I had all my stuff stolen. I had all my receipts and everything like that were there. I, it all hinged on the fact that all my paper trail was yeah. in that truck. How come, how come if they can wipe you? from you're you're also you're also sounding as if it's their fault they aren't doing it on purpose i know that i'm saying if they can wipe you yeah why why does it take all of this for nobody to get the message that this person's not dead like why do they why is that not made um correct like why don't they fix that because people can very easily cheat and fake the system far easily far more easily than somebody who's just trying to prove that they're really not dead it would seem so yeah i i guess yeah uh, i mean better safe than sorry (laughs) but it doesn't mean that they're doing things anywhere close to the right the right way i mean yeah i just i it's it's mind-blowing to think that that could happen it happens to thirty thousand people 
It's no. Well, a year between. No, no, no. It's like it's something like 12, 12,000, 12, 13,000 people a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, every year, just just based on somebody at a, at a, a funeral home accidentally typing a four rather than a five. And that's that's how it happens. That's literally nobody goes and double checks before they put the name the name and number on this list, and you're suddenly then having to prove something yeah. that shouldn't have been your issue against somebody who's trying to scrimp and save as much money as possible. And yet, on the flip side of it all, there are enough people defrauding the government to the tune of 133 million taxpayer dollars, collecting unemployment, collecting Social Security, collecting all these different checks on people who have been dead sometimes up for 20 years. Wow. People are, are defrauding the government in such a way like this. <laughs> and it's the the only people who are really getting hurt by it are the people who are accidentally declared dead. And it's not it's yeah. not easy to, to, to fix all of that. Oh, man, that's got to be such a nightmare to deal with. You have to get an attorney. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was a lady, let's see. <clears throat> um, after funeral director mis- mistyped, okay, so here's exactly this. A funeral director, somebody at a funeral home writing out a death certificate. After a funeral director mistyped a social security number in a death notice, 52-year-old Laura Brooks also ended up on the death master file. She had to wait three months to get reinstated as living. Wow. During which time she missed out on a thousand dollars in disability checks and racked up four hundred dollars in bounced check fees. Not an not an incredible amount of money, but if you're on disability, it's all you've got. That yeah. is your your income. It's your spending money. You've missed out on that after three months. When the Social Security Administration finally reversed her death, it refused to reverse to reimburse her for this money. Attorney. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Um, those disability checks were everything I had, she told the news outlet. But more than the financial impact of all this was the f- psychological shock. It spiraled me into a further depression and really started me on the road to questioning authority. So therapy and an attorney. Therapy, an attorney, <laughs> and and uh, the and when I say therapy, chats. not to f- correct that thought, but to h- at least get yourself from not from being angry about it. To understand your thoughts on the entire situation mm-hmm. and what your intelligent mind would tell you is the proper way to deal with this all. Exactly, because it's not anything that you did on yourself, so you shouldn't have to one be punished or two punish yourself for it. Absolutely, you. You have to step through one step at a time, and you have to understand your thoughts on the on the process in order to come out on top. And you can come out on top. It's just, I mean, all of this stuff. The government is so is so stingy with everything that one they'll take things away from you just because one piece of paper said you might be dead, and they'll just <laughs> take it away. And then you have to go through months and months of proving that you are, in fact, who you say you are, and you're not dead. When it should be one phone call from you, and they do all the work. The funeral home should have to prove, like, with photographs and dental records and this and that, they should have to work their asses off to prove that you are actually dead. That should be how the process should go. Yeah. Um, I'll put this article up on the website if if anybody's interested in kind of looking through it. I mean, again, like I said— Innocent until proven dead. Innocent, living until proven dead, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, living until proven dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something. I was trying but, to do a little not play innocent, on a thing, but yes, I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know. It makes sense. I mean, so 
what happened to this person? Like where they, they, everything's fine. I mean, after the, the number of years, I mean, she was standing up in front of a Senate committee hearing to, to talk about Had this to get issue. To that point? Yeah. But I mean, it seems as if over months you, you have to go through this issue. It's just like me with the, the stuff that I went through with the, with the, the theft. Yeah. You know, I resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to have to go in and do 10 times the amount of work to get the money that I should be getting anyways because I pay for it within my insurance. But they're going to make me jump through all these hoops. Yeah. And the government does the exact same thing. You have to jump through so many hoops. If you want anything from your government, the people who are making, uh, uh, taking care of you in, in air quotes, um, it's, it's, it's just a kind of a backward system. So like I said, this it doesn't tell you exactly what to do if this happens to you. It's just got a lot of interesting details and uh, points out a lot of oversight on the fact on the the part of the Social Security Administration that that sh- really should be rectified. I, I would be comfortable in recommending uh, uh, Legal Shield, uh, absolutely, to anybody out there who has legal issues. Um, it's a it's a great way to connect yourself to. Like that's what I was thinking about the whole time you're saying this. I'd be like, oh, I'd just call Legal Shield, and they would totally be on. You know, I'd be in their system as there. You know. Yeah. But I do wonder what would happen, like, if you have active stuff going on, like, mm-hmm. um, I guess it could just be like in an instant it happens. It's true. I mean, my social security number doesn't get pinged unless I or somebody needs to ping it. That's that's what I I assume it kind of all means. Um, and again, it goes back to the Social Security Administration just passing the buck. Did you know it says, let's see, um, assuming that 12,000 people falsely are de- are falsely declared dead each year and experience an average discontinued check period of three months, that means that the federal government withholds more than $45 million in social security benefits every year due to clerical typos that they don't give back. Wow. That they will not give you because they made a mistake and you worked your ass off to try and prove it, having to fight them for three months. That kind of is what it it, it leads to what you were talking about with Catherine Austin Fitz. Like that's where some of this money just disappears to. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the Social Security Administration is so hard up for money, and yet they're, on average, keeping $45 million from people every year. Yeah. So they shouldn't be that, I mean, isn't that $45 million staying in the budget? Or is it just going and disappearing and poofing somewhere? (laughs) It's like secret space, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's a question I would be curious to know the actual answer to. Um I do, knowing how business works in this world, yeah. people don't slow down with their money. They no. they go as quickly and as hard as they can with that money. And so any any large amount that goes missing, it's already been put to use somewhere. It, it has. And so I don't know. That's that's what makes That's what makes these like parallel financial systems mm-hmm. of control um, plausible to me. Because, yeah, you lose that amount of money. You can micromanage everything else under this umbrella, and it's all privatized. No one will ever be able to know about it. Yeah. And people are trying their best to inform in any way anyone can to say, hey, there's people fucking triggering this this system. And unfortunately, people trust it so much. They like it. I mean... I get it. Like, I love it, too. There's parts of me that like parts of the system and, like, the, the funness of being able to build um, 
ideas and work with other people and I don't know. A it's, podcast it's, network. It's, I mean, yeah, it's all to do exactly what we're doing. It's kind of the difference is is it's it's keeping people from information. It's keeping people from actually knowing how to solve the actual problems on the planet. Like the fact that we even accept war is this, you know, oh well, war exists because it has to. You know, I hear that from people. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, it's like this concept of even like, and I again, I don't. I don't know how to shake it and I'm not meaning to go here, but it's just the picture I had in my head. Like, how could I be so bold to th- say war's ridiculous? But at the same time, I'm like, well, even with people that like, for instance, eat meat, they would, you know, part of me would go, well, first and foremost, it's another being that's being forced to die for just a bunch of people wanting to eat this product. And it's first being able to look at, why at its very core should it feel like something that should be examined? Not necessarily like it hasn't been examined because I think people think long and hard about how they run their industries and um, people who run farms and stuff. I would say to yeah. a certain degree, some of them think, do care about I what they're the doing. I think the individual might. I don't think, I don't think entities or, or right. corporations or companies do. But it, I mean, I think that same thing. It's like you just, you pin something up on the wall and you look at it and go, well, what is happening and what makes me think I can choose for this animal to go through that? Like, who am I to choose for that to happen? And so it's the same thing with war. It's like, if I pin war up on the wall, what would cause me to ever want to have war with another country or people and just fight people? Yeah, but nothing. the, the thing that's not the same about that is that you don't intend to eat people you go to war with. No, <laughs> you intend to eat a cow that you slaughter because you want a hamburger, not just a hamburger. Um, so there is a big difference between between those two topics. Yeah, but I think they're both equally as vicious. I think yeah, one is equally destructive. Not one need- causes murder. One, I mean, war causes murder. It gets people completely like. But, it, it grows these massive companies that just make weapons. Yeah, but that's what wars become. Right. At its heart, two people fighting to the point of death serves no purpose. The military w- unless you're going unless unless you're fighting. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say complex. complex. <laughs> <laughs> um unless you're fighting because we're both going to starve if one of us doesn't eat the other, then there's no reason to ever kill another human being. Right. But that's not the same if you're if it's you and a cow and you're about to starve to death, the cow's not going to eat you. You would eat the cow, not you personally, but one would eat the cow so that it makes it, uh, well, it has more potential and it has more of a purpose to kill a cow in that instance than it does to kill a human being for any reason. Yeah. In my mind. Right. I do wonder about it though. I'm, I, cause I think about that a lot. Like yeah. if I was in a position where I was about to starve to death and I was around this animal, would I kill that animal and if eat it? If it was the only th- form of sustenance. And I don't think I could do it. I don't think I would do it. You would starve to death. Probably, And yeah. leave the cow to starve to death, too. <clears throat> well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't has... be up to me to, to keep that cow alive. Other than, If it was like, it's over. There's nothing you can do. You're in this desolate <clears throat> wasteland, and right. you guys can't get out of this snowstorm kind of thing. You know what but I mean? But the thing is, like, if the cow can't eat... If the cow can eat something and live, then you can eat that same thing and live. Totally. 
but if if the cow is the only form of sustenance left on earth that's that's the question the cow could not eat you would not eat you but that's you. not the case we live in you know i know it's not so that's the thing the 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 reason it's a moral dilemma for you at this point is because we have so many other options yeah why would we it's not about why is it necessary to kill an animal? No, it's more of it's animal. its own thing. Like, I think they have their own consciousness. I think they have their own experience. And but I don't think it makes it any less wrong or right to kill an animal versus killing a human because they're, they're for to- two totally different purposes. But if somebody wanted to come kill me, it would be... He wouldn't be I would be like, hey, you. why? But he wouldn't be there to do eat your own you. Thing. That's the thing. You would be very righteous in asking that question. Yeah, but isn't that a, like a double offense? Like you kill something and then you eat it? <laughs> it depends on what it's there for. That's what I mean. Like if you're both on a desert shit island you out. and that's it, then then no, yeah. I don't necessarily think that it would be it would be morally wrong. Yeah, I'm not I saying mean, it's it like might be I, a little it just makes me think. Like I'm not saying it's like right or wrong because ultimately we we do live in the universe and people can do what they want. Ultimately, we live in a society where. We don't have to eat meat. Therefore, the moral the moral choice is there. Yeah. We don't have to. Therefore, it becomes an issue of a morality, possibly, if you choose to or not. But if sticks and stones come down to it, like, I don't know that people are going to not eat meat just for that very purpose if it is the only thing that's left Yeah. F- to keep you alive for the next day. That's true. You know, I I don't know. I'm don't not know. that I'm saying that you're full of shit or anything, but <laughs> when when it comes down to it, you know, it might be different. I don't know. I think that's personal. It is thing. It is. I think it's. You know, I, I can think all I want. Well, we we are likely to never run into that scenario. Oh no, I don't. think I so. mean, so so it's all hypothetical. Hopefully not. That would be very tragic. <laughs> it's true. I could just see you like tears streaming down your face as you eat an uncooked burger. You're just like, oh, uh, that's all that's left. No, dude, I, I'm telling you, I would starve to death. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat a fucking animal. I don't know. I I couldn't do it. I, I just would. couldn't do it. I would, and I'd be I'd be sitting there eating. <laughs> be like, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that in front of you. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I also think like that's definitely not the reality I live in. So, it's not. I, I, I more think of how, can... if we're if we're a people of, that are shaping the future. How do we shape the future and stop being so goddamn destructive? We shape a future that is productive and it it is creative rather than destructive. Yes, no. you're you're absolutely right. I just you know I like to argue with you sometimes. Oh no, dude. I mean, I it's a thing. It's like I just always wonder these things. It, it literally. I think it brings us to a, a a better stasis of mentality because, yes, I completely understand everything that you have said. I just wanted to present the other side of it so that, you know, both of us can be like, yeah, OK, I get it. I get why one would would yeah. eat an animal if they had to, period. Anything is possible. But 99 million bajillion other possibilities exist out there so why would we eat meat yeah you know i i get it i get it i eat meat because i choose to at this point i don't necessarily um feel that the dedication and energy it would take to to transition into a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle is worth uh, the effort it would you know i i don't think the benefits are worth the effort at this moment because i haven't looked into it enough yeah but eventually i will i made some minor choices different choices with some of the products i bought over the past week nice so you know i'm 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 doing things slowly but surely what did you get 
different soaps and stuff. I re- I realized oh, yeah. I was running out of shampoo, deodorant, and toothpaste all at the same time. So I bought some very, um, very low ingredient count, uh, natural nice. stuff I can pronounce. Stuff that all came from plants and or the earth uh, type of products. Are you gonna smell like a hippie now? I'm I'm gonna smell like a like a, a granola, <laughs> granola ass hippie. Um, exactly. Yeah. Dude, that's badass, man. Yeah. It's uh, so making those choices are people's personal choices, and mm-hmm. everything can be done for everybody's own reasons. But you, everybody should know your reasoning. Know why you do and do not do something. Don't just do it or don't do it because somebody else says to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't not eat McDonald's because Morgan Spurlock made a documentary. I mean, that's not a reason not to eat McDonald's. Well, I think I think the the basis should always come down to how much do you think you know about another being that actually is living too on the planet that we share, and how many things do we know as human beings yeah. that don't require murdering massive amounts of animals? Right. So it's like it's like that balance of just trying to figure out what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what was told to us makes sense because people are making a goddamn killing. Right. We we have a responsibility as intelligent human beings to be intelligent yeah. about being a human being, and so many people are not. It's it's and and to a certain degree, I'm not as well. I make plenty of of easy choices because it's more convenient for me. Oh, we all do, which man. Technology and and the way that we live nowadays provides for that. It 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 it's it steers us that direction but i've i've been doing my best like i said with the new products and all that kind of stuff i've been doing my best to steer myself or or you know fight the fight the (laughs) pre-programmed course for our particular ship yeah i think it's badass because you're like because we both kind of dig into different things but then we come together with because we listen to some of the same shows that cover research on various topics that you and I will kind of listen to them separately and then you do your own little well we view, we listen to them from far different perspectives mm-hmm. you know you analyze anything that you hear on the the Carlwood show on on the higher side chat far differently than I do for me it's all about the feelings for you it's about the facts and the the details and stuff like that which you really I mix enjoy. it with feelings I mean uh, you do and I mix I I a lot of my feelings come from a lot of the facts and stuff yeah. like that. But for me, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I'm far newer at this than, than you are. And then Greg Carlwood is and then Martin is and, and all that kind of stuff. So this is all, this is all, I say that a lot too, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, that's I okay. use that phrase a lot. That's I think right. that needs to be a t-shirt. All that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is that I, I, I love, I love learning. I love all the things that we've ever talked about in these, uh, you know, in the in the shows, um, and and the evolution of it's just going to be exciting. Yeah, we're uh, heading towards an unknown destination, but what we do know is we're making things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I think that's what you're saying is, uh, fifty two episodes has been quite the journey. Yeah. And I'm, I just like the, well, 54. I love the diversity now. of all of the shows we've done. Like, I think they each kind of have their own feel. There's embarrassing shows where I'm like, fuck, I wish yeah. you could pull that episode. But, yeah. um, that, you know, the front half of this one's probably going to be that for me. I'll probably <laughs> leave most of what we talked about in there. You know I mean? I just, cause it is, it's the, it's the real raw conversation. And a lot of them have been that. Uh, and that's that's what I think is is worthwhile. Yeah. Although lately, I think it's been even more worthwhile that we actually know what we're talking about and have some, some yeah. 
documents stuff to back up our craziness. I mean, that's I think that's the beauty of this podcast is people get to hear us in uh well we get to fucking for one work on some of the stuff we're doing like personally live on the show yeah and then also it's a way for us to uh i don't know just kind of bring people along our journey of working together a lot and so we're just kind of like we're kind of overworking ourselves to a degree in a good way i mean you're doing a lot of shit well um there's just a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And uh, I think ultimately trying to get together and when we're jumping into podcasts, it's like correlating with so many other things from working to then, you know, what's going on in your personal life? What's yeah. going on with between you and Martin? What's going on, you know, dating, if you're dating, you know, I mean, all these different things kind of end up compiling on top of uh, just all the thoughts that float around in the head. And yeah. it's interesting that you and I are like, we'll sit down and we'll work through some of this shit. And it's like, fuck, we're like, I was we're just crazy. losing my shit earlier. We're crazy you know? guys. Yeah. Something. I mean, but, but we're, we're crazy by design and not necessarily ours. We're just, you know, trying to make a little bit of the crazy ours. We're trying to own it and, <laughs> and, 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 and manipulate it into something that is actually us. Yeah. I think it's trying to figure out, what the truth is and make things accordingly. Yeah. And as we do that, I think uh, essentially all of the art and all the things that we start building will just continue to mold. I can't imagine where we're going to be at show 104. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be fun. Check back it's gonna with us. It's going to be crazy. Check back with us at uh, episode 104. That'll be the 2 years for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, it'll be 2 years of a <laughs> weekly show. Um I just I'm going to real quick shout out Window to the Wild. You know, nice. it's my brother and his his wife. They have this this bird company in uh out of I guess Hutchins, Texas, but just outside of Dallas. Nice. Um and they do a lot of bird uh educational type programs and and they're really into the conservation of of the winged creatures uh especially at this moment. Um, but they've got a GoFundMe out there. Um, it's, they just, I told them I'd shout it out for as long as they were going with it, but it's GoFundMe.com slash window to the wild. Nice. Um, you know, if you have any, anything, you know, extra after having given to our Kickstarter campaign, you know, go, go check them out. Yeah. And we'll put a link to their campaign on this episode. On the show notes. Description. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you don't know where the show notes are, you know, click on, uh, like open your podcast app or whatever it is that you're using to listen to us and, and actually click on the cover and it should like flip around and yep. do something. You'll see all the links and stuff. Yep. So yeah, we've, we, uh, we're trying to, uh, give you as much information. Oh, we should also just, I'll, I'll post, uh, those links to some of the disclosure things that that guy was the secret space program shit that we were oh, talking yeah. about. I'll post, uh, a couple links. I'll shoot those your way and nice. maybe, now, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say maybe someone out there is interested to read and see what's going on. Of course. I'm sure they all are. They may know something at their job that they could share, you know? <laughs> and follow us, follow us on Twitter. Titter. No, I don't need to say this because it's always on it's always on the fucking <laughs> end of the show every time I do this. I don't have to do That's this. That's okay anymore. though. It's nice to like be personalized because uh, it is a repetitive yeah. version. Yeah. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, also hit up uh, wakersleeping.com. I should throw that out there every now and again yeah you should you should ramp some stuff up because you you've got some exciting stuff coming down the pipe from yes. awake or sleeping um for this week on hi there everybody thanks for listening i'm ian and i'm joe and uh you just gotta fucking do what you want to try it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> good because i did too i fucked it up um hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. i want to think of something what are we talking about we're talking about um
Okay, sorry. Go. Thanks for listening this week. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks but, for hanging. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I didn't know you were going to say anything else. No, I was just going to tip the hat to anyone listening you know, to the show. It's awesome that people actually do listen and hang out with us. And we become oh, right. Voices. Yeah, we're, we're going to be... Well, yeah. For this week on High Dare, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And we now into infinity. We gotta, we gotta go. go. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at High Dare Pod. And get your ass online because uh, High Dare.com misses you.